if we've never met, my name's Steve. I'm one of the pastors. And um, man, it is so good to see you all in the building and online. Now, here's the thing about New Year's is uh, I really think there's two types of people. There's the type that make New Year's resolutions or goals or commitments. I mean, whatever you want to call it. And then everyone that laughs at those people. And I think that is, in fact, the great divide. Um, I happen to be one of those people. I like the new year. I like fresh starts, clean breaks, all, all of the things where you say, okay, as of this date, things are going to look a little bit different. So I'm all for it. In fact, quick show of hands. How many of you, you've actually made resolutions just out of curiosity? I'm the only one. Okay, there, okay a couple of us here, on, probably everyone online, because you're, you're smart and educated and really beautiful people. So we're glad you're here. Um, <laughs> And that's how you lose the congregation. If you're ever curious, that's how you do that. Um, and then, okay, so this is perfect. Then most of us in the room are a little bit maybe cynical about it. And you, you resonate with uh, resolutions like this one right here. You've just looked at the past two years and you've gone, 2078? Yeah, that's going to be my year. For sure. I can feel it. And because you've seen everyone, you've scrolled through Instagram, you know everyone's posts because they all basically sound like this one right here. Just want to give everyone a heads up that I've decided to be the happiest, hottest, and most at peace version of myself. Is that not every like New Year's post wrapped up into one thing right there? That's essentially it. Now, whether you make them or you don't and you have goals or you don't or whatever, that's great. Um, I'm not here to try and convince you one way or the other, but I am going to suggest this, that uh, instead of us making goals, we're simply going to have a theme. And Kurt talked about it earlier, but the theme is rally. And, and here's the why we're shifting and focusing on a theme as opposed to a specific goal, because goals are pass or fail. That's how they're graded. Your goal last year, if it was to lose 10 pounds and you lost nine, well, I mean, that's great, but you failed. Are you with me? Like you are a complete failure. Like, sorry, but you are. Welcome to church. Glad you're here. New Year's resolutions, right? But, and, and here's the problem with that. It negates the fact that you lost nine pounds. Like that's a big deal and that needs to be celebrated. And so Kurt and I and the staff, we got together and we said, okay, the last two years were just insane. And we had goals and we put targets up and then you had floods and COVIDs and shots and masks and rules and regulations and blah, 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 blah. That's all out there, let alone all the stuff internally that we wrestle with, all of our relationships. And if you're parents, you're raising kids. And if you're married, you're doing that. And if you're not single, you're doing that. And we have all these things that we're working on and outside circumstances can really make it incredibly difficult to actually achieve those goals. So whatever happens, come hell or high water, we have a theme and the theme is simply this. The theme is rally. It's the name of this series. And we wanted to rally behind five things. We'll put them up here. Here are the five things that we as a church, regardless of what happens this year, we are going to rally. We're going to focus. Our theme is going to be, number one, advancing the gospel. Number two, growing in discipleship. And growing in discipleship, I, I, I don't want to just preach it, but it's so exciting because discipleship is not just biblical knowledge. It's obedience. And that unlocks just, you got to show up next week. It's going to be so good. And number three, creating community through small groups. This is incredibly important because the Christian life was never intended to be lived alone or isolated. You can't do it. There's over 30 
love one another or one another commandments in the New Testament. You can't love one another if you aren't with one another. Are you with me? So you, you gotta get plugged in right here. Uh, number four, practicing hospitality as evangelism. Kurt is gonna do this one and I'm so excited for this Sunday. And then we're gonna finish off the series with number five, strengthening families. Can you see how there isn't like a specific goal that you're trying to measure and all that? We don't have a smart goal or any of that. It just says, look, every week, Every time we gather, every time we plan, everything that we do for this year, we're gonna, we're gonna funnel through this grid right here. Now, for this Sunday, we're talking about the first one, which is advancing the gospel. And uh, if you got a Bible, open up to the gospel of Matthew, and we'll pick it up in Matthew chapter nine, verse 35. Now, uh, I'm really excited about the gospel and what it means. Um, but what's fascinating is I always like to ask people this question and don't blurt the answer out loud. Just keep it internal. As you think through the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, as you reflect through those, if you've actually read those things, you reflect through them, I'm gonna ask you a question and how you answer this question is really important. It reveals a lot about what you have understood as you read the scriptures. And it's this one right here, right? What was the primary teaching of Jesus? And most people will say the gospel. And I always like to remind us the gospel simply means good news. So here's the follow-up question. What was the good news that Jesus talked about? He went through town to town, village to village, synagogue to synagogue, teaching and proclaiming something. And it was this right here. It is the good news of the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. Gospel of Matthew will say kingdom of heaven. Uh, the other gospels will say kingdom of God. People go, well, wait a minute. What about forgiveness of sins? That's in there. That's included. But if you read through your scriptures, Jesus didn't always walk around going, hey, here's what I need you to do. Repent for the forgiveness. He said, no, 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 no. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. He's always talking about the kingdom, just constantly talking about the kingdom. And yeah, we're gonna fast forward. We'll talk about Easter when Easter comes and his death on the cross and resurrection and salvation, forgiveness of sins and all that good stuff. But I'm telling you, if you read your gospels up to that point, Jesus is walking around ushering in the kingdom of God. So we're gonna pick it up and we gotta talk about these things. So are you there, Matthew chapter nine? Some of you are there, I'll give you a little bit more time. Uh, it, let me summarize a little bit. We, we celebrated Christmas, which is the birth of Jesus, right? Then Jesus is walking around and he gets baptized and you got the voice of God, this is my, I'm not even gonna try. And you got a spirit like a dove descending on Jesus, right? He goes into the wilderness, he's tempted. Then he's walking throughout Galilee and here's where he's teaching the kingdom of heaven is near or the kingdom of God is at hand. He starts recruiting a couple disciples and then he goes and he starts healing people. And as he's doing this, crowds of people are following him. So he goes up on this mountain, people call it a mount for short, and he delivers a sermon. They call it the Sermon on the Mount. And it answers the question, what does it look like when Jesus rules the world? It's answered in Matthew chapter five through seven. Specifically, he talks about this in the Beatitudes. He says, the most shameful and sinful outcasts in society by the world standards, these are the people that I love. He, he's going to invert everything. He says, all the powerful people who think they have the most to offer Jesus, he says, actually in God's kingdom, in the kingdom of heaven, it is the least of these. See, if you wanna be great in his kingdom, you become the least of these. 
And he says, in fact, in God's kingdom, in God's kingdom, if you're so great and you want to exercise your power, your greatness, your influence, you know what that looks like? It looks like you serving other people and elevating them. What's it look like when God rules the world? Well, Jesus walks around and people are healed. It, it's incredible. The lowly, the outcast in society, the people who feel like they have never belonged, there's never been a seat at the table for them. Well, they, they get the best seats in the house. Jesus will talk about in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, those of you who are anxious, he says, don't be anxious about anything. See, in God's kingdom, he's the great provider. He doesn't, we, we don't need to worry about anything. He says, look at the birds. See the flowers? They're taken care of. How, how much more? See, how, how much more does your heavenly father love you? How much more does your heavenly father want to care for you? How much more important and significant and profound and valuable are you? It's incredible. What's it look like when Jesus rules the world? It, it looks like the Sermon on the Mount. Then he walks around and he starts healing and talking and he, he reaches nine people. And when these people have an encounter with Jesus, they are forever changed. They've experienced his kingdom like so many of us have that call ourselves Christians. Okay, with that as kind of the context, go to Matthew chapter nine, verse 35. I stalled as long as I can. So here we go. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news, right? The gospel of the what? Forgiveness of sins? Of what? Come on, new year, new you. The kingdom, baby. He goes throughout all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. And he's healing disease and sickness. This is incredible. See, Jesus had to walk around from town to town, village to village, synagogue to synagogue, teaching and proclaiming. Why? Because the kingdom's complicated. Because it is, in fact, an upside down kingdom that as we look at it, we realize this is, in fact, right side up. It is supposed to be this way, but our world has screwed the whole thing up. And the problem is Jesus's kingdom is here. It is present. It is among us. And yet there are other kingdoms as well. And so Jesus has to walk around from village to village. He says, you need to repent. You need to think differently about what God is up to in the world. He's ushering in a brand new kingdom. And the good news, the good news is that sinners are welcome. Overachievers are welcome. Liars Cheaters, people who are unfaithful, people who have nothing to contribute. He says, all of you are welcome in God's kingdom. You'll be celebrated. And in fact, in fact, when Jesus becomes king of their lives and they live in his kingdom, this king, he will start, start off with forgiveness. He'll start off with forgiveness. And then this king is so loving and good, he, he will teach us. If you read through the Sermon on the Mount, and I really encourage that you do it this week, you'll read things in there that says, man, if you've, lust, if you've lust after someone, it's as if you've committed adultery. You're like, whoa, that is the highest standard ever. And what Jesus is saying, he says, stick with me and I'll, I'll teach you how not to do that. That's, that's good news. That is really, really good news. See, most of us, uh, I, well, let me just speak on, for me. Um, I grew up in a church and the gospel, I'm gonna say, uh, was limited to only salvation. Now, please don't send me an email. Um, salvation is crucial. It is 100% crucial. 
We should mark our calendars. We should celebrate it once a year. Call it Easter, okay? It is incredibly crucial, but it is limited if that is all it is. Jesus, forgiving people of their sins doesn't get you murdered. Being a good moral teacher doesn't get you murdered. What gets you murdered is walking around proclaiming that you are king of a brand new kingdom under Roman authority. See, Jesus isn't trying to be a nice person or a moral teacher or, you know, just, it's okay, or forgiven. No, 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 he's starting a revolution. He is changing kingdoms. And he wants to start with mine and he wants to start with yours. And, and when we actually surrender and say, okay, we're gonna step off the throne of our life and allow Jesus to have access to the throne of our life, like I said, it begins with forgiveness. Then from there, it's teaching. This is what it looks like in God's kingdom. Which means if you're having difficulty in your marriage, Jesus will teach you what to do. Can I give you a hint of what I think he might say? <laughs> Start with forgiveness. Yeah. It's what he does. You having trouble raising your kids? Well, Jesus will teach you how to do that. And if you submit to his kingship, He'll teach us how to go and do those things. Do you, do you see how the gospel, if it's just forgiveness of sins, if it's just salvation, it's no earthly good. It's great for when we die. It's wonderful news for when we die. But here on earth, we're left to figure it out on our own. Except that's not the gospel. The gospel is we're ushering in this brand new kingdom where you submit and you put Jesus as Lord and King over your life. Your sins are forgiven. He's gonna teach you. He's gonna correct you. We get the Holy Spirit who will guide us and nudge us in directions and help change our lives so that we can be disciples or students of Jesus. Meaning, meaning we would learn how to live our life like Jesus would live our life if he lived our life, Amen. which is incredible news. Quick question, and I need a show of hands. How many of you have ever been confused on what you should do in life? What's so amazing about the gospel is that if we submit to Jesus and his kingship, he will guide us through it. Are you with me? This is incredibly good news. Incredibly good news. And I'm here to suggest that especially younger generations need to have a full, complete understanding of the kingdom of God. It is the gospel or good news that Jesus proclaimed all throughout the gospels. They need to know that Jesus loves you enough to help you and guide you here and now and not just salvation. They are, they are lost. They are hurting. They are confused. And when we walk around like, and you know this, right? When humanity walks around like we are kings and queens of our own life, we tend to make decisions that we think are right or wrong in our own eyes. And that tends to screw us up. So what do we do? We make better decisions and firmer decisions and we're more aggressive, which means if you're wrong, you just double down on your wrongness. And then you're wronger. And some of us, if we're not careful, if we're not submitting to Jesus as our king, <laughs> our New Year's resolutions are going to make us wronger. -er. And we're kicking off the New Year really, really excited. And then we get into February and we're like, uh, what? It's because we're kings and queens of our life. We haven't submitted to Jesus and allowed him to be king over our lives. <sighs> Like I said, the kingdom of God is an upside down kingdom. I wanna to read to you just a couple things in this kingdom. He says, the greatest people by worldly standards are actually the lowest people. The lowest people by worldly standards are actually the greatest people. To have power in the world is to rule over people in God's kingdom. 
But to flex your power looks like serving other people, right? Some of this is going to sound familiar. When Jesus is ruling the world, when we're submitting into his kingdom, sick people are healed. Jesus, Jesus teaches people how to have integrity so that their yes means yes and their no means no. Hallelujah, amen. Thank you, Jesus. He teaches how to love other people well, not tolerate or put up with. Some of us, we had f- some family gatherings where we, we tolerated and put up with. We got through it. And Jesus says, no, 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 I'm gonna teach you how to love. You say, well, the relationship's a little rocky. We have to have some uncomfortable conversation. He goes, exactly, and I will be right there in the middle of it. My peace will be your peace. I will teach you how to love one another and forgive one another and reconcile any sort of relationship. Why? Because I've done it with humanity. I can do it with your family. This is good news. This is wonderful good news. He'll teach you, like I said, how to control your lust. He'll teach you how to love and protect vulnerable people in our world today. He'll teach us all about generosity. He'll teach us how to pray. He'll teach us not to worry or be anxious about anything. Whoa, about anything. He'll teach, our, he'll teach us how to live our lives the way that he would live our lives. This, I think, is the greatest news in the world. This is gospel news. Okay, keep going. Verse 36. When he saw the crowds, he had, what's that word? Help me out. Compassion. He had what? Compassion. Not anger, not disappointment, not you know better. He had compassion on them because, listen, they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Which I think is the most appropriate response ever. Because we too, those of us who follow Jesus, were once without a shepherd. Well, we're always going to be sheep. And sheep are foolish animals. Which I think is why the Bible uses that. But when we look around and we see people that do not know Jesus and they're making decisions that represent the fact that they do not know Jesus, the correct response is compassion. It's what our king has. Because why? They are helpless and harassed. By who? By Satan, his little minions, the systems of this world that are corrupt and evil. The correct response is compassion. The correct response is, I, I, I don't have pity for you. I have compassion, which means I, I'm going to do more than just feel bad and sorry for you. I, I want to offer a solution. I think, I think there's a better way for you to live your life. And I think it's found in the lordship of Jesus. And so we offer that to people. And this, by the way, this is something that we do locally, and this is something that we do globally. We're not just trying to have like the little corner of the market here in North County, right? We're trying to go worldwide with this message. And in fact, I want to show you a a short little video of our missions team and how we carry this out. So check this out. Good morning. My name is Sandra Smith, and I have the privilege of serving as a missions administrator, along with a committee that meets once per month and provides guidance throughout the year. Our team consists of Pastor Kurt, Becky Gerlach, Rose Crabtree, Ken Halsey, and myself. Because I only have two minutes to share, I would like to give you the top 10 of missions at NCCTK. 10 is the number of local ministries we support. Nine is the number of years that Be The One, a local organization started by our very own Denny and Nancy McCarness, has been involved in mentoring students on six different school campuses in our county. Eight is the number of YWAM and Campus Crusade families our church was able to continue to support last year. Seven times 1,000 is the number of people in 2021 
that have been drawn to Christ through the missionaries supported by Project 92 in Southeast Asia. Six is the number of international ministries that we have been able to partner with as they each continue to spread the good news of God around the world. Five is the number of kilometers that participants of the Rice Run completed to help raise $10,000 for food aid in India. And we hope to do this again in 2022. Four represents our main international focus nations, Haiti, Paraguay, Cambodia, and India. Three international ministries in India, LGN, IFDIS, and Project 92, all received three disbursements of extra COVID relief funds for a total of about $9,500 each, helping to buy food for the needy. Two, two mission teams that were able to send out last year, a high school team to Puerto Rico, working with a YWAM base, and a young adult team to New York City and Washington, D.C. And one, one gospel. In Matthew 24, 14, Jesus says, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. On behalf of all the people who represent the local and global ministries that North County supports, a heartfelt thank you for your prayers and generosity. Please visit the missions wall in the comments for more information. Thank you. Isn't that awesome? So good. Why, why are we giving rice? Why are we sending people around the world? Why are we COVID relief funds? Why, 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 why? It's, it's the gospel. It's the gospel. We want people to meet King Jesus. And in fact, we think King Jesus is so important that it's in the name of our church. What a great name, by the way. <laughs> North County Christ the King. Because Jesus has ushered in the kingdom of heaven. I want to close. It's just one last verse in that section right there. Jesus is, you know, he, he's lived his life. He's recruited disciples. He's talked about what the kingdom is. And then he's gone out and he has, like I said, touched nine people and has healed them. They have experienced the kingdom of God. And then he says this. He says, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And you can keep reading in Matthew and you'll see, he's like, okay, here's how we, how we do this things. And Jesus, not only is it him sharing the good news of the kingdom, but he's empowered the disciples to go out and do this now. I have found, I've worked in a number of different churches that I have found this to be so true. The harvest is in fact plentiful. There are so many lost people. There are so many, and I would go so far as to say this, there are so many um, uh, cultural Christians that do not know the fullness of the gospel. The harvest is so plentiful. There's so much work to be done. We just need more workers. And my fear for the, the American church is that we as a congregation, as a community, as a family, that all throughout the U.S., that we would, we would only write checks so that professional Christians could go and share the gospel. That, that is not what Jesus came to do. Listen, part of you and I becoming disciples, becoming more and more like Christ, is doing the things that Christ did. We, we do not get to outsource any act of obedience. Sharing the good news, it's not just a command. I'm telling you, that when you share it, it becomes, it becomes so much bigger. It becomes so much more real 
in our lives. And my hope and my prayer is that when we look around the U.S. and we say, yeah, the harvest is plentiful, but at North County, the workers are not few. We have many. And, and listen, I, I don't care if you're starting your own ministry or you're serving in one here or you're simply, you're at, you're at work and you are salt and light at work. There, there is no hierarchy here. We are all commissioned to go and share the good news of the kingdom of heaven with the world. And it starts with the people around us. And so, like I said, I, I don't know what your 2021 was like. For me, it was kind of a continuation of 2020. And so I'm hoping for something new. I'm hoping for something different. Um, that being said, if God says, stay the course and endure, then so be it. Um, but if he says, hold tight, I got something new coming up, um, that will be welcomed. <laughs> but how I want to kind of land the plane is I, I want to give us a couple questions that we can reflect on. And so the, the band's gonna come on up and they're gonna play lightly in the background while we sort of dwell and reflect and pray through these questions. They're gonna lead us in a song and Pastor Kurt's gonna come up and lead us in communion and then we'll, uh, we'll sing and we'll close out our service. But, but here's the deal. We have a moment, we have an opportunity right here, right now. Let's not waste it. Like I said, I don't care if you've got New Year's resolutions or you're totally against those and you're gonna keep on keeping on. We have a moment now. We have time now, we have an opportunity now. And so what I would hope is that you take the next two, three minutes, spend some time between you and God and seriously reflect on the questions that are up on the screens. What behaviors in my life would Jesus affirm and which ones would he have me bring under his rule? Come on, let's be honest, we are in church. We've submitted a lot of the aspects of our life over to him, but there are some we still hold on tightly. And I think Jesus would say to us this morning, he would say, not in 2022, there's no room for that. The plans I have for you and your church, you can't bring that garbage with you. You gotta let that stuff go. And closely related, number two, what sins do I need to leave behind as I enter the new year? You can leave, he's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. You can leave those things at his feet. The burden is not ours to carry alone, but it's his. So we go and we confess those and we give them to him. And then number three, what situation do I need Jesus to intervene and miraculously change this year? Listen, some of these things are, are way bigger than us. The answer to some of these problems is not more willpower. It, it's more Jesus. And so we have an opportunity here to focus, to recenter, to get set for what's gonna happen and what I hope and in praying is gonna be a beautiful brand new year. So take the next couple minutes, it's between you and God and then we'll respond in worship.